This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Sam is broken, Dean's all whack. Don't let Satan change my presets. Please bring fun cast back. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. We are back into Season 7. Season 7, surprisingly, still fucking great, Chris. I love mm-hmm. this episode. Where, where, where are you at? Yeah, this is this is some pretty good stuff. There's a whole mess of things happening, but I'm into it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff going on in this episode. Like, It's going to be hard to keep pace with this episode, I think. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to dig into it and talk about it. There's a lot of stuff that happens in this episode that I, I think we're going to really, really like. Uh, first, I'd like to I'd like to thank all of the, our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week yeah. for being super supportive of us, uh, specifically our most newest patron who goes by the name of Spoon. So Love thank it. you. Thank you, Spoon. We appreciate you, your, your patronage. Thank you very much. You don't have anything to say about Spoon? I said I said thank you, Spoon, at the same time that you did. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I talked over you. I, I apologize, Chris. <laughs> Will you forgive me and continue on with this podcast with me? You know, put me on blast in front of Spoon like that. He's going to bring out fork and knife, and I'm <laughs> fucked. <laughs> If you would also like to support us at uh, Patreon, you can do so. Patreon.com slash Monster of the Week. You get some cool stuff like physical cards in the mail. You get some digital art in the mail. You get episodes early. You get to hang out on our Discord. All kinds of cool stuff is over there. So thank you for doing that. Uh, Chris, can you catch us up with what happened in the last episode? Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which which um, we, by the way, did not do for the premiere episode of season six. (laughs) No. You know, we we talked enough about season six that it was probably okay. So the road so far. Remember when we used to have uh, uh, friends of the show write these in for us? That was really Mm great. R.I.P. Okay, so the road so far. Uh, So Castiel swallowed up a bunch of souls and became the new god. He swallowed all the purgatory souls. Unfortunately, while he was doing that, he also swallowed up something called the Leviathans. Uh, those are pretty bad news. Those are older than human souls. Those, I guess, God's first creations, God's uh, aborted creations. Uh, terrible monsters, um, the water element summoned from Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, the Leviathans are just everything that you could you could dream of uh, for, for a big bad in Season 7. Anyway, Cass swallowed them up, and now they're destroying his body. Uh, the wall on Sam's head is still broken, uh, and Dean, just in general, is a pretty uh, broken up guy. And I think that kind of catches us up. Cool. Well, we are going to cover... Um jeremy finding his notes mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna cover uh hello cruel world which is the second episode ah, yes. of season seven uh sam has flashbacks from hell which is all wow. in capital letters because we're officially getting these from the cw now uh <laughs> castiel continues to struggle with the burdens with that come with his new fangled power his newfangled power is that's really not weird. what it says is it it is <laughs> it is a really weird word to describe what he has which is a bunch of like weird monsters in his stomach yeah um, there sure is newfangled newfangled castiel continues to struggle <laughs> with the burdens that come from his newfangled power the broken wall in sam's head causes him to have hallucinations and he has difficult discerning what's real and what's not bobby worries that dean is beginning to stumble under the weight of fighting castiel and keeping an eye on sam Oh man! Pretty accurate. Uh, we have a, a brief then section, uh, which is pretty much catches us up with our road so far, but also reminds us that Sheriff Joe exists. We're going to see Jody Mills. Oh yeah, 
Am I the only person that calls her Sheriff Joe? <laughs> I think she should probably uh, yeah. Sheriff I've Mel called her Sheriff or Sheriff Jody, right? I don't know why I I've say called Sheriff her Sheriff Jody. Joe or just Joe a bunch of times, and that's just not correct. That's not correct. Uh, we should definitely not there, do that anymore. There's a different character named Joe, and it's not her. And it's uh, I think Sheriff her. Sheriff Joe. It must just be a thing from something else, or just a common thing to say. I don't know. Um, but it's Jody Mills. It's definitely not Joe. I'm just going to search for um, how many times. I wrote Sheriff Joe five times in my notes document. Chris. Good. That's good. I just wrote Jody. I think I kept it like light and tight. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are friends. Like, you know each other that way. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know her two-syllable name, right? I'm sorry, I don't want to call her Mrs. Mrs. Mills. So <laughs> Miss Mills. Like she's, mm-hmm. like, she's Meek Mills' wife. She's about to get mm-hmm, a rap mm-hmm. battle with Drake. Is that what we're... <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's Mrs. Mills. Uh, we pick up immediately from where we left off, uh, which was uh, Castiel having flung Dean and Bobby across the room and having been taken over by Leviathans. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the second episode in a row. That Leviathan! We've done this. Leviathan! Uh, this is the second episode in a row we've done this, and I kind of like, yeah. kind of like this. Like That's kind of a cool thing to do if you can keep that up. It keeps the pace up like pretty hard from from episode to episode which is not something that supernatural has ever done it doesn't seem like they've ever really needed it but like we now know that there's not like six days of driving in between <laughs> the episodes remember season four we really excited to see the boys like brushing their teeth while uh, doing research because Absolutely. we're like hey yeah. look they're human they're, but they're now it's like they don't people. have time we don't have time yeah. to brush yeah. our teeth although i think it's in this episode that um dean drinks coffee for the first time in a long, long yeah. time so i'm yeah. pretty excited about dean drinking something non-alcoholic in an episode i mean he probably did put whiskey in it but he probably put a little whiskey. i didn't actually yeah. pay attention that close maybe he did <laughs> uh the first thing that we notice is that uh, Bobby is, is knocked out cold. Uh, Dean is, is still awake. And Dean notices that the Leviathan, who I'm calling Leviathan Kaz at this point, for lack of a better mm-hmm, word, mm-hmm. Uh, is not doing very well. Uh, the vessel is about to explode. Uh, they're not going to be able to, like, the, as much power is contained in, within these Leviathans. Just cannot, yeah. the, the Jimmy Neutron cannot handle it. And He can't, um, they're like leaking Leviathan juice. It's just like black leaking, yeah, blood coming really out. Of so imagine like you took a you took a hamburger and just squished it, and the ketchup runs around the side. Like that, that's your Leviathan extras right yeah. now. That's what's happening. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Dean has the really good idea that I haven't seen in Supernatural before, which is to literally ask the dangerous monster to leave the premises. <laughs> he just basically <laughs> he just basically says, "Hey, can you? I mean, I, I, you guys just can leave." And they're like, "We're gonna be back." And just turns around and stumbles yeah. out the door. Like that's what happens. That's Dean the resolution. Is, Dean is pretty sassy. He's pretty sassy at this scene, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of sassy Dean because he's just like a go- he got tossed. His friend is now possessed by some Leviathan. Things aren't looking great, but he's just like, "How many of you ass clowns are in there?" And then he asks them to leave. Like it's just <laughs> fucking Dean. I just I I love sassy Dean as well. Like anytime Dean is 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 going up against these crazy cosmic entities and just being like a straight up dude about it, I I very much enjoy it. But again, just hey, you guys don't seem like you're doing very well. Why don't you leave and go take care of that? And we'll be back later. <laughs> like, yeah, well, uh, uh, maybe we will, but not because you asked us to, just because we feel like it. 
you know uh you know how in jrpg games like they usually give you the option like you can fight or you can cast a spell or you can use an item or you can Mm -hmm. pass or you could defend and the very last option is to run like if you just want to get away from the fight entirely imagine Mm -hmm. if that was just convince monster to leave instead of run you just hit convince monster to leave and we're like hey why don't you get out of here you metal slime and the dude from dragon warrior is like okay it jets i think that that's an option in persona 5 funny enough is it really yeah, I gotta fucking play Persona Five. Yeah, I've been sleeping on that game. Uh, so the Leviathan leaves, and it's sort of like hobbling, right? Like it's not doing yeah. well at all. It's we see it as it's walking away. We see it just dripping all of the black Leviathan goo. Uh, whatever this is doing to Jimmy Neutron's body is, is cannot be good. It yeah. leaves. Uh, does not pass Sam on the way out. I really thought in the last in the last episode that Sam had just left, but no, Sam had just gotten um, just tied up with his Lucifer dealings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's interesting that the, the Leviathan is like, yeah, we're going to come back for you. Um, it just seems like like the stakes are are seemingly pretty high with these things. We don't really know their deal. They seem pretty powerful, um, but the fact that they're like calling out that they have a personal vendetta against uh, the Winchesters and Bobby is is interesting. Yeah, it is. It's. It, I, I mean, do they though? Like, I don't know. Like, they spend I, the next two episodes trying to track them down. I, I mean, they do, but like, what for? What though? Like, why are they spending all of this time chasing down the Winchesters? Like, why do they care? I get it because they don't the, like them. If you're the demons, right? Like, or if you're mm-hmm. Lucifer's get or whatever you want to call it, but like if. If you're then you hate the Winchesters because they've been like killing your kind. Oh, I guess they have been killing the Purgatory monsters for for a long time and sending them back to Purgatory. Sure, but but it's it doesn't. The Leviathans do not have a real motivation for for seemingly sticking their neck out all season to kill Samadine. Um, le- not now anyway. I think it, it's probably pretty obvious that the boys are going to try and uh, take down the Leviathans and, and and stop their evil machinations here. Uh, but. They do. They are kind of going out of their way to to deal with the boys throughout this episode, and it seems like it's not necessarily necessary. <laughs> yeah, and uh, as much as I like it, and I so far, especially the the first two episodes of the season, very much like the Leviathans as a villain in general. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know why they're so hung up on the Winchesters, and maybe I don't know. Maybe like the Winchester. I guess the Winchesters did kill their mom. Did we forget about that? Did we forget sure. to talk about them? Killing I don't know. Eve? You know, I think it just doesn't. I think it doesn't matter. Okay, um, that's fine too. It could just well, be a no. Thing I just that, it could just be a thing. The, that doesn't like the matter. more I think, I mean, I've never liked the Leviathans because I I just don't the way that it all pans out throughout the season. I'm gonna I'm trying to give them a fair shake this time around. See if, mm-hmm. if I can appreciate them in a new light. Um, but I don't know. Maybe them the, their problem with the Winchesters uh, is is created by themselves like maybe maybe if they were fucking with the winchester so much like they wouldn't have to deal with them if they just like kept it under wraps but they just are really going for him uh anyway um yep. during during all of that sam is getting choked out by lucifer um he's back he's getting strangled things are looking bad mm-hmm. lucifer is insisting that that sam is still in the cage and that this is this is his big trick he, he revealed that at the end of the last episode this is lucifer's greatest torture to sam is to make him believe that he's free just to pull him back in. Um, and as he's sort of getting, you know, strangled, Dean is able to pull Sam back to reality. 
Yeah, Bobby and Dean show up and they're like basically like Sam, get it together. Like we we gotta we gotta chase after this <laughs> Leviathan. And so they 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 give chase to Leviathan. The Leviathan walks out of abandoned pipe factory number five immediately mm-hmm. into the municipal water supply. And uh Yeah. We see uh Leviathan Castiel just like walk into the middle of this lake and then go underwater and like a, a brief briefly a whirlpool forms. And yeah. Dean, Bobby, and uh Sam arrive right behind them just in time to see like this weird bad CGI effect of these black things going into the water supply. Yeah. Uh I really like the image of Castiel leaking the like the black blood. It looks like he even has like some regular blood on him. I can't really remember. But I think that it's very evocative seeing Misha Collins in that trench coat, but just like wading into the water looking super fucked up. Um I think that looks really cool. It's a really striking image of our of our of Castiel. You know, that's Castiel's body. That's our mm-hmm. angel. Mm-hmm. And he looks like this now and he's wading into the water like that. I think this is the first time anybody in Supernatural has been submerged in water since um season one. <laughs> when they had the dead in the water episode. Um but then they go and they do the the swirling water thing, which is like it's cool in in theory. CGI is just like so crazy bad, and I think that that's maybe part of why I don't like the Leviathans is that all of the CGI they use for them sucks. But uh, <laughs> but uh, now, so they, they they're in the water now. They have a highway to to anywhere through the pipes. Basically, they're in the public water supply, and that's kind of a big deal. Um, I cannot tell you. Um, I, I've mentioned before casually that I'm 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 in the water business. I am in the public water mm-hmm. business. Or not necessarily like I don't sell water or anything, but I am I am closely associated with the water business, and this is just not how any of this works. <laughs> it just <laughs> it just doesn't. It's not uh, this this is this is not. Like I'd be like, especially knowing some stuff that we're going to know about the Leviathans in the future and like the things that we put in our water to make sure that it's clean when it gets to your house or to your water fountains. Uh, it just doesn't, it wouldn't ever happen this way, but it's fine. Like this is suitably creepy. Right. And like, I love mm-hmm. it when Bobby stumbled, like he sees this happen and he, his reaction is just, Oh hell. Like it's just, <laughs> he's just, he's so bummed. He's like, now what the fuck are we going to do? Yeah. Um, Dean finds, as they come up, we go to a commercial break, come back. Uh, Dean has found Castiel's trench coat in the water. Dean has found the saddest trench coat in the water. It's not, and he picks it's not, it's it up. not in good condition. And he's so sad. And the trench coat itself is incredibly sad. And he just says, um, you dumb son of a bitch. And he's very sad. He's very throaty. Very, you dumb son of a bitch. Um, and I think it's Bobby who says, well, or it's Bobby or Sam says, well, he was friends with us, wasn't he? Uh, can't get much dumber than that. Yeah, that's definitely a Bobby line. Sam didn't say that. Mm-hmm. That's definitely um, Bobby's line. Uh, and it's, I just want to remark on this right now because Dean is broken up about this. You can tell like in his face, he is extraordinarily saddened by Castiel's passing. Nobody else really seems to give a shit. Yeah. Sam especially else- <laughs> does not forgive a fuck about Castiel no. being dead. Um, yeah, because Castiel broke the thing in his head. I feel like Sam is pretty, um, he's been pretty forgiving so far about the whole Castiel situation, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I can't imagine it really caring. Um, I thought that they were all really good friends, but when you really look at it, Castiel barely speaks (laughs) to to Sam and Bobby outside of a professional, like, interaction. Like, it's always, like, on a hunt, but, you know, Dean and and Cass are the one who actually have a relationship with each other, so uh, it makes sense, And, and I... I don't think that Sam and Bobby wouldn't be affected by everything that transpired, but 
on screen it only it doesn't really make sense for like sam to be wringing his hands and be all broken up about this that's just that's just not the situation that they're in plus with the way that everything has been where castiel sort of became their enemy briefly uh i can see why they're kind of just sam and bobby are, are very much into in that hunter just like shrug like you know well it's just part of the job you lose friends every day even bobby saying like oh he was dumb enough to be friends with us so let's move on and it it just shows really that the way the connection that dean had with uh, castiel uh we saw dean have this similar connection with joe when joe died in season five they have this sort of very passionate goodbye uh and dean doesn't get to express any of that because he's he's alone he doesn't get to say goodbye to Cass. it just happens and that's it but I think it just goes to show that relationship, the level of that relationship, because it seems like every single other person that dies in their lives on the periphery, like doesn't it doesn't affect them really, unless it's you know John Winchester or somebody, because they've just been through so much shit. Uh, I'm rambling now, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Castiel <laughs> means a lot to Dean. Castiel means a lot to Dean. He's he's very broken up about it, and uh, Jensen Ackles sells this uh, when you know when he when when Dean loses somebody, you can definitely see it in his face. And this is, this is Dean Winchester losing somebody. And he's, he's very broken up about this. You could, you could have, you could have been forgiven for assuming that Dean was kind of fed up with Castiel, especially when he was Mm -hmm. in total God mode. But despite all of that, like we still, he still had some feelings for this dude. And he was, he still tore up to see this dude's trench coat on just, you know, washed up on the shore and his, his vessel, Jimmy Neutron presumably dead. And also the angel presumably dead. Um, and, and listeners, like, I just want to put this out here. We're not going to see Castiel for a while. (laughs) He's not going to be back for a little while. So if you were kind of envisioning that he would come in and save the world against all Leviathans, that's not going to happen anytime soon. (laughs) Y'all. Um, what, we, what we do get is a montage of a bunch of people drinking and using water. Um, there's a really, really superfluous like bikini car wash scene where I just assumed yeah. that they would go back to it and show everybody getting taken over by like all of these bikini car they wash don't. girls. Getting, but they, they don't. just they literally just showed a bunch of bikini car wash girls and then moved on. Like instead, <laughs> it's, it's kind of random. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's just there. Yep, yeah, yeah, they just showed it. Uh, but they show like a little girl drinking from a water fountain and the water turns black and she gets taken over by the Leviathans. Uh, we see my good buddy Benito Martinez. Um, he played a character on The Shield, not Agents of Shield, but the Marvel show, but the the cop drama The Shield that I really really liked. Um, I love I love the dude a whole lot, and I was really happy that he was in Supernatural. He gets a face full of Leviathan, uh, and yeah, we basically we see like to the tune of uh, that Doobie Brothers song, Blackwater. Which hey, get it? <laughs> do, do, do you get it? Yeah, um, I, I feel like I get it. We, we see we see some people get a bunch of Leviathan possessions, and um, that's kind of neat like we knew that obviously that they could possess castiel but seeing them actually possess humans is also very frightening yeah yeah um i i have a lot of questions about the way that leviathans possess people but you know we'll save that for later so uh just put their ink in their mouth that seems to be the way to do it yeah i guess so um so back at back at bobby's dean is waking sam up um saying sam's name trying to wake him up and and as sam sort of comes to to consciousness he doesn't see dean right away he sees lucifer saying his name and they you know he snaps up and he sees dean and um they uh dean says that sam has been out for 12 hours which we always talk about hunters like never sleeping but yeah sam's been been conked out for 12 straight hours he's got this nasty cut on his hand uh, where he had fallen on some glass and it, it looks pretty rough um so bobby and dean are kind of helping sam fixing him up a little bit and uh 
Dean pours some whiskey on Sam's hand, which is interesting because like they're at home. You know that Bobby's got some disinfected, but they still just pour whiskey on it. Yeah, they, they they're could hunters, easily be just, just hunter alcohol stuff. in the bathroom, like just straight up, like you know, just normal <laughs> yeah. medicinal alcohol. But nope, let's waste the jack on Sammy's hands. Um, I don't know if it's so. Sam sort of reveals that he's he's not just having flashbacks; he's having hallucinations. Um, and throughout all of this, as he's talking to to Bobby and Dean, um. Lucifer is sitting there. He's just sort of like perched across the room. Sometimes he's saying quotes at the same time that Sam is saying them. Like he's really just like the devil on his shoulder. Uh, and him just being in the room, Lucifer just being in the room creates a lot of tension because we know that only Sam can see him. And sometimes Sam is looking over at him when we, the audience can't see him. So it's definitely an unsettling situation. I love this scene so much. Like this, this is, is so well done. So well filmed. Um, the camera shows Dean and Bobby's reaction to Sam just looking into an empty corner of the room anytime Lucifer is talking. And then also the camera at the same time is showing Lucifer talking where Dean mm-hmm. and Bobby can't see, see him talking. Only Sam can. And it's, it's a trope. Like this is something that happens in a lot of TV shows, but it's done to a real, real good effect here. Like I, I am yeah. suitably creeped out by Sam's kind of lack of, uh, mental stability during during this mm-hmm. scene, uh, and this it, is exactly what I want for, for horror for Supernatural. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, this this feels good. It's I'm glad that they were finally like doing something with the ramifications of hell. Not that I like want anybody to be like suffering from mental illness in no, this show or this at is, all. This is a TV but, show. Like, like we recognize right. that. Um, but yeah, having like real horrific consequences. Um, for the real horrific lives that they live, it reads really well for this. I love. Um, they go back and forth. There's there's some really good lines here where, um, Dean realizes kind of in the middle of this that Lucifer is is talking in the room basically, or that Sam is seeing Lucifer, mm-hmm. and he insists to Sam like Sam that he's he's not real. I'm real, and Sam looks back and says like, well, he's saying the same thing about you. And yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just so f- fucking terrifying because we, we've talked on the show, like one of, I think both of our biggest fears is the, the loss of mental faculty, right? Like not being yeah. able to distinguish between the real world and hallucination or losing memories or losing cognitive function or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's saying that about you is it, it cuts to the core of that issue real quick of, I just, I can't separate yeah. it. Yeah. And, uh, Dean's other reaction to this is like, well, why would he do this? Like, why would he create this life for you? If he's, if he's setting you up in the, with this beautiful life, like why are we in Bobby's mansion at, at the, you know, at, at a whole other world of ending apocalypse situation. <laughs> and yeah. Lucifer looks at Sam and says, it had to be a mess, Sam, or else you wouldn't have believed it was your life. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. holy <laughs> shit, that's bad. I love it's it also so like, much. Not even just like flashbacks to hell or, or whatever it is that that's happening here. It's like Lucifer is still with them. The presence still lingers over Sam. And I think that that would be apparent, even if it wasn't hallucinations, it would probably still feel sometimes like he was in the room with him. Every time that Sam did something bad, maybe he would feel that presence. Because Lucifer is kind of the biggest bad of Supernatural, even though there's death and there's all these other things that are seemingly like more powerful on a cosmic scale. I mean, Lucifer is Lucifer. He's evil. He's the devil. Like in, in Christian mythology, certainly it doesn't get any worse than that. And Sam let that guy inside of him yeah. <laughs> and, and went to spent, hell then, with him. And then spent a little bit of time in hell with him. Like they, they let him inside and they were going to take like the beachfront property, you know, hell's cage. 
kind of kind of tour together yeah. for i mean it's we're not i don't think they've ever really specified how many how long that was but it, you know the, the way that the time works at least a couple of years right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah there's a there's i mean if you went through a nasty breakup you would still feel the effects of that person hanging over you the, their presence would still be there with you for a while until you learn to to cope with it or get over it or whatever you know in certain bad situations like that uh this is lucifer <laughs> you take lucifer on as part of yourself <laughs> whether or not you're hallucinating about him or it just feels like there's that thing hanging over you the cloud the dark cloud hanging over you uh and i think that him being especially this scene this scene in particular is just so good for that oh yeah absolutely but anyway yeah so we meanwhile the leviathans they're watching tv and they're learning things i guess they're they're trying to gain information yeah, the little girl whose name is Anne. Um, she's 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 flipping channels, and we hear um, a couple of uh, supernatural callbacks. So we have an advertisement for Biggersons, and they are advertising their their new pie bar, which is like a salad bar but for pie, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. you know very good. And then we also hear an advertisement for uh, Doctor McSexy, and uh, mm-hmm. she starts watching Doctor McSexy when one of the nurses accuses the doctor of operating on any patient that he wants to and just taking any organ out of their body at will. And she gets a really big smile on her face. Like this is what she's been looking for. Damn um, it, Dr. Sexy. And it's going to be listeners. This episode is really hard to like, there's so much stuff happening in this episode. So we just dealt with a bunch of Sam and, and Dean and Bobby stuff. We have this brief clip of Leviathan and, and now we're immediately going to go back to Dean and Bobby again. Like there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of jumping around. I, I'm sorry if it's difficult to keep up with. I yeah. I mean, like I, at this point, like I would recommend that you just watch the episode and listen to Certainly. us talk about it. Cause we're, we're going to do our best, but it's yeah. going to jump around a lot. So just forgive us. Uh, um, yeah. Back at, back at uh, Bobby's Dean has turned the, the GPS on sam's phone because he doesn't know what's gonna happen at any point like if sam just kind of loses it again he takes off uh he's worried that sam is the kind of crazy that you can't fix he's not cursed um he doesn't have he doesn't make some deal that dean can try and break or anything like that he's just regular real world um or gene is afraid that he's regular world real world for lack of a better word crazy uh not that you should call anybody crazy but that's what dean is worried about Mm -hmm. um and and during this, Bobby is Bobby's trying to be the real fucking rock to this crew. We got shout outs to Bobby, but he he wants Dean to own up to how he's feeling. Uh, and he says, You just lost one of the best friends you ever had. Your brothers in the bell jar and Purgatory's most wanted uh, are surfing the sewer lines. But I get it, you're fine. And Bobby is just being super nice, even with that, because he knows that Dean needs that kind of tough love. He needs almost an insult or or like a harsh jab. And that's Bobby's way of saying, like, hey. I know you're not going to talk about it, but like, I know how you feel. Sorry, dude. Um, cause Bobby's a wise old man and he understands that, that getting <laughs> Dean to talk isn't always the right course of action. Because, because you know, Bobby is a nice person also. And yeah. he's, he's been alive long enough to realize like, if you bottle up all this stuff, it's, it's not going to be good for anybody. Yeah. Uh, he does I think kind we of can... jump on Dean's shit though. When Dean's like, I'm just, I'm fine. Like I'm, I'm just okay. Yeah. And he's like, even though you just yelled at Sam for telling you exactly the same thing, and in that previous scene where Dean was yeah. waking Sam up, uh, Bobby had to be the one to step in and be like, hey, baby, Dean, chill out. Like, he's he's going through some shit here. Like, you don't have to yell at the dude for keeping secrets. Like, you know, just mm-hmm. chill out. Now he's doing the same thing to Dean. And I think that's really, really good. Dean, uh, Bobby is definitely being, the like you said, the rock of this whole just yeah. broken family that is the Winchester family and friends. Um, to cut down on, on some minor uh, chaos in this episode, I'll just I think we can probably 
breeze through the next two scenes because one we get a scene of leviathans taking over some teenagers on a swim team uh they kill each other and take over each other's bodies that's one scene uh that leads to um some events later on and then we see another scene of uh sheriff jody mills we talked about um she's in the hospital she just had an appendectomy total normal procedure at sioux falls general hospital uh the doctor is being you know pretty pretty charming nice doctor um her roommate is full of conspiracy theories about how the doctors are stealing her organs and all that stuff but i mean that's just an introductory scene and uh, we're gonna see more from jody later yeah absolutely um i like when we go to the leviathan uh Anne, who was a little girl and then the leviathan mm-hmm. dude who is going to be named edgar this is the dude that was played by benito, benito martinez um and we kind of established like number one when the leviathans possess these bodies they they pretty much only have the capabilities of what the body knows what the vessel knows mm-hmm. so Anne is complaining like this she knew basically nothing i had to learn everything and uh, edgar says you know there's the, the I, this body worked apparently worked on something called a demolition crew. Watching things blow up is very satisfying to him. <laughs> and I like the I like the like we never get this with the demon possession stuff. Uh most of the times it seems like the demons are like riding these bodies without interacting with the host soul until it becomes yeah. you know until they need to do something to to piss off Dean or Sam or whatever. Uh so the fact that these Leviathans are just like getting used to this, I think are cool. Uh and we also learn that there's a boss and that there's subordinates because Edgar is telling Anne, you need to get your kids under control, basically talking about the high school swim team and, uh, or else the boss is going to get mad. So there's, there's an unknown boss and then there's a hierarchy in all of this and we all have our jobs to do, which like, if you just assume that the Leviathans were going to be mindless monsters, that's terrifying. But the fact that they could be organized monsters Mm -hmm. is even worse. Yeah. I go back and forth on the organization of them because it's not as scary in some ways but it's more scary in others it doesn't seem to well i guess it's more frightening but it doesn't seem to fit with what they actually are because they're these old entities that are strange and, and more powerful than, than the human soul uh and yet they call each other boss and stuff like that although yeah. i do get that they're taking on the uh mental characteristics of those who they like possess essentially so like that does actually make sense on like the demons who are just full of pop culture references despite being fucking demons from hell um and also so the, yeah we have that, that all these people speak english right like and all these people speak english <laughs> every one of them um so during that sam and dean uh or or they caught the the boys the crew the uh the winchester and co they caught a lead um on on the situation it's the the, the, the swim team boys uh but dean has to go out on his own he has to be sent out on his own because uh, Bobby needs to stay home and like man the command center as we've seen him do and kind of keep an eye on Sam and, and Sam just needs to lay low and not be hunting. And uh, thankfully, Sam is just like, yeah, man, I'm cool with that. <laughs> Go on, on by yourself, Dean. Yeah. One, one thing I, I will give Chris Sam credit for in this episode um, and so far in this season is being very pragmatic about his um, hallucinations. Like he, he, he didn't necessarily like in the first episode, he, he didn't really necessarily try to hide them. He just really had no idea how to talk about them. And so he was just kind of insisting that he was fine just automatically. But now that it like it's been out, he's just like, yeah, this is happening. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, this is just what it is. So here's, here's a question I have. So the little girl, the little Leviathan, you know, her name, I don't. Um, and she goes, she goes to the hospital. She, um, the where Jody is, is currently at. And she sees a, the doctor jody's doctor in fact this um this handsome young man and um she she asks him if he's dr sexy or something like that basically she's taking the information she learned from the tv mm-hmm. and 
she grabs his hand and like starts to like twist his his, his wrist around, but she doesn't possess him, which no. is what I thought she was going to do. She just becomes him. Yep. So they're like shapeshifters. They first they were possessing like demons, but now they're shapeshifting like shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she just leaves his dead body lying there, I guess. Uh, so I don't really know what their what their their package is here. I don't know what their their roster of abilities is, <laughs> but. Uh, well, I think that's supposed she, to be the, that's supposed to be the point, right? Like right now, we don't know, and we're going to see yeah. this. I think in um in the next episode of the TV show, the next episode of the podcast, uh, where they they don't have really any idea how to fight these things. Like yeah. they have unknown capabilities, and uh, they don't really have a way to kill them yet. So it's not like a shapeshifter where they know a you know a silver knife to the heart will take care of it quick, fast, and in a hurry. They mm-hmm. don't they don't really know what's going on. And I think that's supposed to scare the viewer too, because we have this creepy scene where she turns into him and then proceeds to eat him in the most messy fashion possible. Uh yes. they do a lot of eating in this they episode. They do a lot of eating with a those terrible s- CGI mouths. We're gonna get to the CGI mouth in a minute. I want to talk about that because we're yeah. we're gonna get in detail with it. Let me let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Uh they're at Sioux Falls Hospital, right? Mm-hmm. Presumably this they went into the water supply of Sioux Falls, which is why yeah. all of the all of the Leviathans ended up at people that live in Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, Bobby lives in Sioux Falls. So, like, were they just opening a gate to purgatory, like, next to Bobby's house? Is that... I guess. I guess so. Because, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because later because later in the episode, uh, we're, you know, they're going to get a report that some Leviathan shit's going down at Sioux Falls Hospital, and they're all very surprised by it. And I'm like, you saw it go into the water supply, right? Like, you yeah. know, the water supply is a local thing. It's not like I go into a lake in Michigan and I wind up in the water supply in South Louisiana. Like, I that's not the way water works. I feel like a lot of stuff happens in in sioux falls and it's like well that's why we'll set wayward sisters there. like maybe more happens there than we realize because they maybe don't so. outwardly say it but like the warehouse where crowley and castiel were doing their deal trying to open that gate like it must have been in sioux falls because sam walked there <laughs> maybe right? yeah like, we, we like never i don't know how he got sam. there <laughs> yeah exactly like it's very very strange like and and also don't really care that much because it's not important no. to the episode it's just when i watch supernatural now i try to break down every little possible thing that i can <laughs> this is my life i love it it's yeah. it's fantastic and amazing uh, um so we Dean go is back. investigating some stuff right uh yes yeah dean is investigating the 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 high school murder scene where the the mm-hmm. three jocks murdered the other three jocks and he just finds some black blood there like that's pretty much the and he's like i don't even care about jocks yeah uh meanwhile sheriff joe excuse me sheriff jody i don't know why yes i've really got to fix that in my head uh sheriff jody kind of wakes <laughs> up in the middle of the night and her mouthy roommate is uh protesting saying like it's not time for you to do surgery for me it's not time for you to do surgery and dr mcsexy is like oh yeah absolutely it is i'm the i'm the surgeon here you listen to me and is pulling her out of the room and like go so far as to bang the the hospital bed <laughs> against the wall as he's leaving and yeah. like looks up to see if jody is awake and she pretends to be asleep like these are really bad <laughs> leviathans so far like, yeah I, I see what they're doing but man they're not good at it yeah they're not exactly smooth operators here um so we see that, and then we get we got to jump away from the hospital yet again, so that Sam can get a call from Dean. Um, and I don't even know. I think it's Dean just kind of like filling him in on what he just found, you know, the black blood, all that stuff. Uh, but what's effective about this scene is that Lucifer is just sitting there. He's just in the background of the scene, and for most of it, he's just silent and he's reading the newspaper, just as if this active presence weighing on Sam, even when he's not tormenting Sam, he's just he's just there. He's just reminding Sam of his existence. 
Um, and then it's, hey, <laughs> back to Jody right, at so the, the hospital. Man, there's just, I mean, again, we're trying to keep up with this. There's a lot of cuts to this thing because it just keeps going back and forth. I really like the scene with uh, Jody, though, because she, yeah. having seen her roommate, her, her, you know, her roommate, I guess, for lack of a better word, yeah, I guess uh, taken away. She jumps out, uh, even though she just literally had surgery the day before, grabs mm-hmm. her IV bag and just like wa- and stalks this potential murderer. <laughs> this is the most baller thing that we've seen any of these people do. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty uh, It's pretty brave of her to just be going off like that. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, so like, she's in a hospital gown, like back wide mm-hmm. open. Like they don't, obviously they don't show that, but that's what that hospital gown would be if you were in the real world. Like, she, you can tie them up. The you wind. can tie them up. Okay. <laughs> um yeah she's sneaking around um and she she basically sneaks up on the doctor uh sees him eating the other patient her roommate um and has to try and run back to bed without getting seen however one of the nurses notices her out in the hallway and uh she collapses from the pain yeah and that's that's a disappointment uh she does see the 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 the, we don't see the actual mouth yet we're we're still holding that that back so so far um so back to sam and lucifer uh in in the dark in uh bobby's house and sam is basically just confronting lucifer about ending the hallucination like make it stop yeah why are you i don't even if you've already told me this that you're doing this why are you keeping it up like just end it and he's like well no this is the best part the best part is like watching the paint peeling from the walls of your mind like Mm -hmm. watching you go fucking crazy is the best part he's the reason i'm doing this and of course sam starts yelling at him to go away because that's what you do to hallucinations and, and Bobby kind of catches him in the act. And, uh, Bobby's response to this is to give him some alcohol. Here's a beer, Sam. Yeah. You're going, yeah. you're going kind of nuts right now. Here's Let me just treat you normal. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting situation because, um, well, Lucifer kind of keeps implying like, Hey Sam, I see you cleaning your guns there. I know why you're cleaning your gun. It's cause you want to use it on yourself. He just keeps telling Sam that he should basically end it. Like, I mean, that's probably the worst torture of all is just saying like, hey, maybe you can get out of this if that's what you do. And that's a very like real, very scary situation for somebody for somebody to be in mentally. Um, But another thing that they do with this scene that is very interesting is Sam is sort of bathed in this blue light. I don't know if it's from through the windows or or whatever it is in Bobby's kitchen. There's a blue there's blue lighting in the scene behind him. Uh, And when the camera turns to face. Uh, Lucifer, there is a red light behind him. I don't know exactly what it is, if it's a lamp uh, or just a reflection of something, but there's red light behind Lucifer in the dark and then there's blue light behind Sam. Uh, and it's just these two sort of opposing forces. And it's just interesting that they would do something like that. I don't know how often Supernatural really plays with lighting in that way, uh, but I thought it was cool. Yeah, it's really good. I also like that uh, when Lucifer is talking to Sam about the guns, he says that's probably why we're cleaning our guns. Which mm-hmm. is, is is really like, oh God, this thing is a part of me. Uh, it's outside yeah. of me and trying to convince me to do this, but also it's a part of me. It's it's very creepy and bad. That that, and, that uh, really works for me. Mm-hmm. Even when uh, I mean, so Sam and Sam and Bobby are talking to each other, and, and Bobby's trying to encourage Sam. Well, he was just encouraging Dean. Um, I think what is it? Sam he says, you know, after everything, all these years we've been through, he sort of trails off. Um, after all these years and all we've been through, excuse me. Um. Sam is kind of discouraged. He just he just feels like, hey, maybe you know, after everything, maybe I am just snapped. Maybe there is no coming back from this. Uh, and Bobby's encouragement is, "You beat the devil before, kid. You can do it again." And I like that encouragement. It's very small. Well, it's it's small, but it's also very big. But it just oh, reminds me, you know, like yeah. 
the devil went down to Georgia. Um, and, and I think, well, in season five, Lucifer literally makes reference to that song saying a fiddle of gold against your soul says I'm better than you or whatever it is. Um, but I, I keep thinking of that sort of like mental battle against Lucifer that he's having. Um, but during that little conversation, Lucifer just like walks up behind Bobby and, and sticks a, a fire poker through his chest. Um, and it's not real, but it's just to the constant torment of Sam. Yeah. And Sam having to pretend that he doesn't see it and have this normal conversation yeah. with Bobby is, you know, that's, that's a mental stressor. And, uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's the whole idea of this whole thing is, you know, he's, he's, he's torturing himself with this, this craziness, um, yeah. which is, which is very sad. Uh, meanwhile, Sheriff Jody back at the hospital has woken up. Uh, she, she's in bed the her doctor and her nurse are kind of encouraging her and both are being relatively suspicious although at this point all we know is that the doctor for sure is that the doctor is a leviathan and being very suspicious and giving her drugs to sleep and then she as they leave she pulls the iv out and she says you could kiss my ass dr mcmonster Mm -hmm. face Mm -hmm. which is really really great uh and she calls bobby and this is a weird scene to me because we've seen sheriff jody twice now the second time her and Bobby were very familiar with one another. Like she mm-hmm. was bringing an FBI agent over to uh, look for Rufus and seemed to be kind of in cahoots with Bobby where, you know, we, we know who each other, who I know what you do. You know what I yeah. do. I'm here to protect you, but I can only do so much. But in this conversation, she he's Bobby's like, who is this? And she's like, it's Jody. And she's like, what? It's, it's Jody Mills, the sheriff. And like, they like, they don't, and I know she's under duress, but it seems very yeah. odd that they pretend not to know who each other is for some reason. I don't know if it's supposed to be like a, uh, I don't know if a joke that like Bobby would only know her in terms of her being Sheriff Jody Mills, but when she just says Jody, he has no idea what she's talking about. Yeah. Because he doesn't refer to her that way. I mean, yeah, it's a weird thing. Maybe it's just supposed to like catch us up with her. It's it's weird. But maybe, basically, Bobby is like, oh, okay, I gotta go help her out. She just called me. Sam, why don't you just hang out at the house by yourself in Lucifer? That should be a good idea, right? Of course. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we move on to the Leviathans, the rest of the Leviathans, the um, your 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 pal and the swim team. They all show up at... Real, real quick, before I don't want to get too far away from this, before mm-hmm. we mention that like as Bobby is telling Sam about this, he makes a weird Obamacare joke. Because, you know... Oh, yeah. It's it's you know it's 2011 and that's what people were cared about were you know slightly getting discounts on their insurance and not anyway I'm not I'm not gonna get too political in this anyway uh yes please continue about all of the the Leviathan swim team and Leviathan Edgar to meet the Leviathan doctor yeah so they all show up at the um at the hospital uh talk to Doctor Gaines who is you know Jody's doctor um and they at this point basically just take over the, a lot of key hospital staff. Yeah. The um, head nurse and the staff administrator. They're like, and the Leviathan doctor is basically like, Hey, people just come here to die and nobody seems to care about it. So we could eat as much as we want to. And nobody will know. And I'm like, no, that's not mm-hmm. actually people are kind of concerned when you die at a hospital. Like there's a whole yeah. thing. Like it's, it's a whole it's, thing. It's a whole deal. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should have watched a different show besides Dr. McSexy. Maybe you should have watched yeah. nine one rescue nine one one to, to learn the, the yeah. consequences. Um, so yeah, they, but they have, they might not understand the concept of hospitals, but they do understand the concept of power and authority. And mm-hmm. so they're starting to take over vessels that can wield a little bit more of that and give them a little bit more of that. Um, so thankfully while all that's happening, um, well, uh, uh, we got to take one more, uh, quick, 
switch back to uh, Sam, who's just like putting cleaning guns or something like that. And uh, and Dean shows back up at the house. He's tracked the Leviathans to Sioux Falls um, and he needs backup. So Sam is going to uh, drive to meet Dean or at, at some warehouse or something or at some no, office. No, no. So a, he wants he a wants- lot of things happen here. Yeah, a lot of things happen. Uh, Dean wants uh, Sam to come with, but says like, "Hey, you don't have to do anything. Uh, you, all you have to do is is just run the car outside the door." But we have we have to leave now. Like, I'm right, going to go right, in and take right. care don't of. Don't let it. Satan change my presets. That's- don't let change Satan change my presets. Uh, but the whole time he's basically like negging Sam. Uh, You're mm-hmm. always going to be crazy. You should seek professional help. Uh, crazy don't wash off which I think I texted you when I heard that and I was like that's a John Winchester ism if I've ever heard one yeah uh, he's he's being weirdly passive aggressive and also just directly aggressive towards Sam yeah he says you are never gonna be okay Sam yeah and going through like a whole speech about it and and, and Sam even at some point I think says like well why why do you think this is helping <laughs> like what do you what, what are you doing this yeah, doesn't come feel on good. dude <laughs> please chill Um, but then we realize suddenly we see the real Dean arriving at Bobby's house and, and understand that Sam is having a hallucination and he arrives at this office building. But when he opens the door to go in there with Dean, it's just a big empty warehouse. It's a wet pipe factory for all we know. Did you, uh, Dean isn't did you there. catch the name of the it's office Lucifer. building that it looked like, by the way? No, what is it? It was morning star industries. Oh, great. They <laughs> <laughs> all that Lucifer on the head. Thanks, Lucifer, for being fu- so fucking obvious. I love it. <laughs> I just really like that. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Um. So yeah. So he leads Sam into this warehouse. Um. Starts fucking with Sam. Sam starts shooting at nothing. Yeah. And honestly, when Sam starts firing his gun, I got real uncomfortable Me too. because it's like he's he's firing bullets. He's discharging his firearm as as Dean is going to call it uh in a few minutes and it's like it just feels serious it feels like they're actually giving like a little bit of attention to the danger of a gun in this situation especially when lucifer is telling sam to turn it on himself yeah this this whole scene is very creepy um and i I don't know I, i didn't really pay a lot of attention to actors lives um especially like i didn't really care about what was happening with jared padalecki or jensen ackles while this was airing but um i know now that uh jared went through some sort of mental trauma and that came came out of that on the other side and like has like a foundation and trying to help people and all that other stuff Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i may be getting some of those details wrong listeners so like forgive me on that i just i'm kind of vaguely culturally aware of it so i just imagine that if somebody is having these kind of issues in their personal life like acting out the idea of somebody aggressively telling you to commit suicide probably isn't great either. Like that probably doesn't feel good. And it's probably hard to separate. Yeah. Um, but this scene is, is, is very scary. Uh, as somebody who grew up around guns, as someone who grew up in a, you know, a hunting household that was, you know, I learned how to shoot from a very young age. I've been around guns my entire life. Like seeing stuff like this is, a, is just terrifying. Um, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's very unsafe. It's, it's very bad. And also like, you know, because Sam is seeing things, he could see anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, real Dean eventually arrives, and we get the really great CGI of Dean, not Dean turned into Lucifer. Which, oof, man, some of the CGI choices in this season have been have been pretty egregious. Uh, it's the uh, yeah, it's the worst CGI I think the Supernatural ever has is pretty consistently throughout season seven. They, it's the I don't know what happened. Maybe the budget crashed, or they were just paying too many people. Whatever it was, um, 
that when I think of season seven, I think of bad CGI, and I and that's always been the indicator in like my mind of why I didn't like it is because of how ugly the CGI was, which seems like a really weird thing to complain about in a show like this. Mm-mm. But it just seems like it takes a nosedive this whole season. Like when I look back on season seven, all I see is the shitty CGI. It's uh. See, I think I think me and you were going to differ. We're going to get to the the Leviathan mouth mm-hmm. here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, there, there's some not great CGI here. Uh, I, I really do like what they're doing with it, though. Like they're they're trying to. Yeah, use I like what they're spooks. what they're trying to achieve. Yeah, yeah. I, like I don't necessarily think a lot of it is is. Uh, I don't think a lot of it lands, but I, I, I like them for trying. I guess uh, mm-hmm. this conversation between Dean and Bobby is is some serious brother drama. Uh, Dean. You know, when when Sam starts firing, he does say, uh, this discussion does not require weapons discharge. For whatever reason, yeah. I, I, I picked this up on this episode, and also uh, I watched ahead a little bit, so the next episode. Dean and, and Sam are falling a lot back onto like some militaristic language, both body language and spoken language, that I find very yeah. weird, having not been around John Winchester for seven years now, that they would, they would be doing. But like, the moment that he says this, that he says, you know, this conversation does not require weapons discharge. You see, you see Sam react to that almost like it's a coded language. Like he's so used to hearing that from the voice of his father that he, yeah. he stops and he like starts lowering the gun. Like, Oh, this is actually, that's actually something that my father would say, like something that I, I know Dean would say to me. And it, and it, it gets through to him where he was, he was kind of not listening before, which is, is kind of interesting. Like that, 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 that works. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's supposed to pretend like they've been doing that all along and that using the voice of his father sort of speaks to Sam a little bit more, but I don't know. It's just, you know, Dean's just being real serious and using real serious terminology to, to really crack the walnut of Sam Winchester and get through to him. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting choice and, and it, it definitely stands out. Him saying a weapons discharge like that really, um, it, it stands out for sure. So Dean says to Sam that uh, he's been to hell and that he, he knows a lot about torture having, and if listeners don't remember, you know, Dean spent some time in hell. He actually climbed down off the rack and accepted as Azriel, not Azriel, uh, Alistair, Alistair deal. Was it yeah. Alistair? It was Alistair's. Yeah. Alistair. Yeah. Alistair's deal of, you know, Hey, I'll let you down off the rack. If, as long as you continue torturing other people. So he spent a good, you know, few years in, in hell torturing people and he says that what he knows about pain is that it feels different it feels more real than anything else you could possibly feel and uh he's he grabs sam's hand that sam had cut himself with the, the glass on he has the stitches and he says i was here when you got this i saw it cut you i saw you bleed i sewed it up i'm real like if you can't accept anything else i'm real that's make me make me the foundation and you build upon that and he squeezes sam's hand which causes him actual pain and he says i know that feels differently than everything else and sure mm-hmm. enough uh we see lucifer reacting to this in the background but as he squeezes sam's hand uh he, we see him kind of flicker out of existence so yeah. sam now kind of has proof of oh dean is real this Lucifer in my head is actually hallucination. I had just have to focus on this. I have something mm-hmm. to build off of. Yeah. Sam starts, you know, squeezing his own hand, squeezing that, that wound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to become a, a kind of a trait of Sam to, to squeeze on that. And that pain. Yeah. He makes Lucifer flicker. And, and Dean can even like see his brother coming back and says, you got away. We got you out, Sammy. Believe me. Um, or like you said, believe me, you know, like literally me, make it stone number one and build on it. I'm, I'm your foundation here. So let's do this. Uh, and Sam with that seems like he has fully stepped back into reality. 
and I I like this. I like that we're using some of Dean's history to solve mm-hmm. problems and and the present. Um, it it feels very edgy that Sam has to cause himself pain to be able to <laughs> perceive reality. Yeah. Like that feels like a yeah. very. I, I was about to make. I, I don't want to say goth or like a live. Like I don't want to make the easy joke or anything. But it feels very edgy. Like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, just a a physical sensation. It's just mm-hmm. pulling him back. But um, yeah. It's, but it I works, mean, it's, and that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby calls and uh, listeners. We we have been talking about this Sam and Dean scene like it's been going on straight for a few minutes, and it has not. <laughs> we have constantly no. cut back to the hospital where. Uh, so Bobby getting the phone call from Sheriff Jody went to the hospital. He uh, grabbed Sheriff Jody, put her in a, in a cab and told her to go home, <laughs> which yeah. is, is legit. Went back in to find the body of the roommate and discovers that uh, the body had like the, the body has been tagged with a, like already been autopsied. I should say that um, even though she was only in there for foot surgery. Uh, so he's, he finds something weird. He proceeds to open up the body because you know, that's what hunters do, Bobby. yo. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> I just, I love it so much, Chris, that they just have no problem with. He's and he's wearing like his like shitty hillbilly vest and like his trucker hat and like he doesn't look like he should be there at all. He gets busted by the doctor looking at this body uh, and immediately pulls out his like FBI badges upside down, so he's all panicked. Uh, and the doctor's like, "Yeah, Bobby Singer, not not gonna happen." So, um, Bobby just domes him in the brain with a hammer. Love uh, it. Very little hesitation on Bobby's side, which I, I, I fucking yeah. love. <laughs> He's just like, "Oh, okay, this is this is the turn of uh, the situation now." Runs back, gets a shotgun, blasts the dude, but um, nothing really seems to want to kill these these suckers. Not at all. Uh, he, the, the, in fact, the dude just like the Leviathan just like his body spits out these, uh, which we're gonna later find silver coated shotgun shells. Um, so like even silver is not working on this. And this is where it pisses the Leviathan off enough so that it reveals its true face, uh, which you seem to hate. And I'm actually way into, so I'm kind of curious about getting into this a little bit. We see this like giant CGI mouth full of like very long and sharp teeth. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, it's very, uh, dramatic. It's very exaggerated. It's very, uh, non supernatural in nature. Like it's, specifically the, the TV show supernatural, like normally oh, yeah, when they yeah. do these things, it's much more grounded in reality. This feels like the first monster CGI effect we've seen like this. Like a lot of times they rely on practical mm-hmm. effects probably cause they're a little bit cheaper and because they, you know, I find practical stuff looks better. I, I don't, I, th- I think some of it, uh, the more they do it, the less good it is. Uh, mm-hmm. but like right here, I think this is really effective. I'm curious, like, is it just the CGI that you, yeah, it's just a CGI. I liked I like the idea of it. I like mm-hmm. like the visual of it. I just think it it just looks like it isn't really there. Um to me, I mean it isn't there. Obviously it's a digital effect, but it just looks like somebody could just put their hand through it. And maybe that's just my perception of it because so much of this is wrapped up in my memory of season 7 and not really what's what's there even though I'm watching it now, but um I am I am pretty like harsh on like I said a few minutes ago, the the CGI effects in the season, I don't really know why. It's just maybe because they were doing them so much more that it just became more obvious when when they get a little bit strained uh, and when it doesn't look as realistic. I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it doesn't look great. Like I want to say that out outright. Like mm-hmm. I, I I just it felt like such a breath of fresh air to to have a villain to look 
truly monstrous in this yeah. world. Uh, yeah. we, we've gotten that a little bit, like the werewolf stuff that they did was a little bit like that. But for the most part, like most things looked humanoid, whereas this mm-hmm. was so outside of anything that we have seen before that uh, it, it, it is a shame. Like they have a CW budget, right? Like they, they just probably could not afford <laughs> right. And the stuff they're doing in season 13, they seem to be like, and I feel like CG has gotten to the point now where it's it's easier to produce that stuff to make it look more realistic and to fit inside yeah. the show where this definitely feels like baby's first Photoshop job in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Like I can see the edges of where things don't match. And I think that's yeah. what pulls me out of it. It's, you know, it's it's not the worst thing in the world. I think it shows its age. And I think for me, it was sort of showing its age even then. Like it was slightly outdated CGI. I don't know. I, maybe I am just being too harsh on it. Because um, like I said, I do. I like the idea of it. I like that we have this monster that opens up its mouth and we actually get to see this thing coming down and like and, and attacking people. Because um, like we always say, we want monsters that look like monsters. And this is that. So I, sh- I shouldn't complain. Hey, hey, Chris, it's your podcast. Complain all you want. <laughs> <laughs> you can complain all you want it's, to. It's true. I sure do a lot. Bobby runs. Uh, having yes. having exhausted his two his two actions, which are hit and then shoot, he runs. Mm-hmm. Um, does not try to convince the monster to leave, which I would have tried just since it worked last time with Dean. But um, <laughs> he runs. He calls the boys. Uh, it interrupts the boys. Fantastic conversation about you know being, Dean being his Sam's foundation and all of that. I don't know if I actually said that. Like that whole scene is so fucking good. I, I love it. Yeah, a that's lot. good stuff. Um, it seems like we get like fewer and fewer brother moments mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as the seasons go on and. That's a really good one. That's that's Dean really trying to pull Sam back to reality, which is a shame that they almost frame it in the last two episodes of Dean being like really cynical and down on on Sam. Yep. Um, and the situation, I don't, I don't know why, because Dean like like looking down the barrel of a gun pointed in his face to say, "Sammy, it's going to be okay." That feels like Dean to me, no matter how mad he is at Sam. But a lot of times they make it seem like like Dean is just very like, just does he. The show goes out of its way to make it seem like Dean does not like Sam. Period. Yeah, we talked about that. I think um, either in they, the feedback episode or in the season seven mm-hmm. episode one episode where yeah, it really like it. Number one, it feels like he doesn't want to be Sam's friend. Like they're just together because they're brothers yeah. and he has to take care of them. And number two, like that's exactly what you and I want is for those dudes to be friends with each other. Like we want them to mm-hmm. be bros, not just brothers. We want them to be bro brothers. And which is something I will never say again. I just want to say that. But uh, we we want them to be together. We want them to be on the same side. And that's why I appreciate scenes like this where Dean is actively trying to help Sam as opposed to just mindlessly shouting at him about his problems. Like, Sam, why are you like this? Isn't the same as Sam, let me help you. Right. Even in season four, when like they were trading blows all the time, it never seemed like Dean didn't like Sam. Um, it just seemed like you were going down a path. I need to stop you because this is evil. You're my brother. You're my responsibility. I can't let you do these bad things. And even if that means us coming to blows, then that's what it is. Now it just seems like this is uh, Dean's coworker that he's just tired of. Uh, and he's tired of his attitude and doesn't want to deal with the shit anymore. Uh, and that's it. It just, it never, not all the time, but there are quite a few scenes, like I said, where it just does not seem like he likes him as a person. Uh, and I wonder, I wonder what that is, um, more than just, uh, everything that they've been to through, but just like the way that Dean is written sometimes. I don't get it. Anyway, I mean, uh, you know, I'm sensitive about my boy, Sam, because it seems like nobody, uh, in the fandom likes him either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I don't, I don't necessarily think that, but I think that he's definitely the, like he's, he's number three, right? Like if you had to make a ladder Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's, 
I think that's a disservice to Sam. I think Sam is a great character, and I am also considering that he is number three. So I can't help. I, yeah. I'm also part of the problem. Yeah, so I, I'm into it. I always see posts and stuff uh, where it basically just makes us like people will complain about how nobody likes Castiel, but that is I've never ever seen that to be the case. It just is that everybody doesn't like Sam or just forgets that he's part of the show, and I don't know why. So uh, this all gets this all gets interrupted by Bobby saying like, "Hey, we've got a Leviathan that's local." Uh, we need, we need to, we need to meet up and we need to figure out how to do this. I can't figure out how to kill it. So, uh, Sam and Dean jump in the Apollo. They, they jump, they ride over to Bobby's house and they find it burned to the ground. Man, uh, I totally forgot about this scene when, when I was watching it. I was like, holy shit, that's right. Bobby's yeah, house. Yeah. They, they burned it to the ground, which is a, which is a bummer. Uh, cause you immediately think, I don't know, I don't know where you, you went, but like, okay, now the boys are homeless yeah (laughs) they're always they're always kind of homeless but now they are like truly homeless and then bobby's house was always not just a safe place to go but it was a storehouse for everything that they have learned like it has all of these rare books and everything so all of this like hunter information is now gone so they like they've lost not just a a safe place but they've lost a significant amount of their research and the, the things that they use to actually fight these monsters not to mention like all of the shit that he has in his pantry to make spells. So they've lost a significant yeah. <laughs> amount of their wizardry stuff. All their spell materials. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Saints relics aren't going to withstand fire or what have no, you. No, no. Uh, uh, yeah. I remember in season seven, them like the, the, the writers, creators, whoever saying how they wanted to sort of take away some of that sense of comfort that Bobby's house had been like a crutch of like, we can go back there. We can call Bobby. We can always do this thing. Like it's time to shake it up a little bit. Time to put the, the boys on their asses a little bit. By just giving them a different house to stay at. Yeah, sure. Yeah. One is like slightly harder to get to. Yeah. Um, but this, this does feel like that. Like this feels like it makes mm-hmm. it unsafe for them to be places. And I think at the same time, uh, it shows a level of organization and pettiness that we haven't really seen for monsters before. True. Uh, most of the monsters we've seen in Supernatural have, even if they were like after the Winchesters or they hated the Winchesters, most of the time they were on the run and they were solo. Uh, the cl- the closest we got to like these monsters grouping together were the alphas, like the vampires and the yeah. uh, shapeshifters from season six, and they didn't seem to be aggressively going after the Winchesters because they had their own agenda to handle. Like the Winchesters, if they got in the way, they were supposed to take care of them, but right. not necessarily actively seek them out. This is something different. Like this is a malevolent force that's organized, that wants to feed itself, that's terrifying, that they don't know how to kill, actively taking away their safe place. Yeah, literally burning down their house, and now they're just hanging out in the backyard. Uh, this scene seems like it's something straight out of a video game. Uh, <laughs> the boys like have to split up, and they're wandering around in this like abandoned um, junkyard, and uh, they're they're yelling for Bobby. They can't find him, and then like, uh oh, enemy encounter. Here we go. Yeah, absolutely, and like literally, we can hear Sam from the distance going, "Bobby, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because they get there and Bobby's not there, and the the instant assumption is that Bobby was in the house while it was burned down, so Bobby is dead. This uh this voicemail that Dean leaves on Bobby's phone. Uh, first off, he calls Bobby, and Bobby's voicemail says, "This is my direct line. You shouldn't have you this should number. Not have this. <laughs> it's really good." Uh, but then Dean leaves this thing is like, "If you're gone, I you know I I'm not gonna be able to handle it. I'm gonna put me and my brother in the car, and I'm gonna drive off the nearest cliff. And yeah. you were right. I'm not okay. And I'm like, because once again, Dean. he doesn't like Sam. <laughs> he does not like Sam. Like, give Sam a chance. Why are you killing Sam? Yeah. And your weird murder suicide pact. Dean, calm down. Out of control. Yeah, it's um, it's not good. 
so yeah while that's happening we uh sam runs into a leviathan it's uh it's edgar right yes and edgar. um mm-hmm. it's not it's not edgar Wright. it's edgar um Edgar Wright is in season nine, so we'll yeah, look yeah, forward yeah. to that one. Everybody, you'll, you'll uh, know that it's an Edgar Wright episode because it, it looks and sounds like a Sprite commercial. Yes. <laughs> uh, they uh, they have a little bit of a battle. Um, the boys get a little bit bruised up. Uh, Dean gets a broken leg. That's Dean the first gets time a we've broken had like, leg. Yeah, a serious injury happened to a character that wasn't just Jared Padalecki fucking something up in real life. And I think Sam didn't Sam's leg or no Sam's arm got messed up in real life. That's what yeah, it was. just because yeah, yeah, Jared yeah. broke his hand or whatever. That's what it was. Uh, Dean does shoot this dude in like the side from like short range with his sawed-off shotgun, and mm-hmm. it does no, no damage whatsoever. Zero damage. Uh, he is not weak to gunfire. Uh, and when no, he throws Dean, Dean breaks his leg, but he throws Dean near the controls of a uh, of a crane that's just mm. you know mm. holding a car in the air for no reason. Mm-hmm. Bobby likes to keep one just up. Just up. Just, he just likes to keep it up, you know. I guess um, if I had a crane and like I had and I had a three story house, every once in a while I'd like to go to that third or maybe even that fourth story and just look out the window and see my one of my junk cars hanging in the air. I'd be like, Yeah, I did that. Yeah. I got that. Um, um so I think yeah, Sam Sam punches the Leviathan because that's that's gonna take him down. Uh and I think he takes a blow somewhere along the lines here and then they right drop after. a car on him. Yeah, he tells yeah. Sam like he tells Dean like now do it and then Leviathan hits him with a crowbar and knocks him the fuck out. Yeah. And uh Sam, excuse me, Dean hits the button, drops the card, and we get to see that really satisfying Leviathan splash. And uh Dean is unable to wake up Sam, so uh does the unthinkable and calls nine one one. Yes. Which we've never, uh, we, I think we've only seen them do like <laughs> once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, the episode ends with the boys in the back of an ambulance. Uh, Dean is freaking out, trying to be like, where's, you know, how is my brother doing? What's wrong with him? Um, freaking out, finds out that they're going to Sioux Falls General and is like, no, 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 no. We can't go to that hospital. That, that's bad news. Take us somewhere else. Uh, Sam wakes up. He sees Lucifer sitting in the ambulance with him and he starts to have a seizure and that's how our episode ends. That's it. Uh, feels like a very unsatisfactory ending to me. Like it feels like a lot of stuff happened in this episode. A whole lot of stuff happened. Uh, I mean, we have spent like a good hour talking about it and it's 45 minutes of television. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it, but at the same time, like it doesn't actually feel like it ended. And uh, we're going to do the great thing in the next episode and pick it up right when it run, right when it leaves off again. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, I I really like this episode. Like I like the so far. Yeah. I'm, I'm really into season seven. Like I like the fact that we're knocking the boys back on their ass. I like the the stuff that Sam is dealing with, and I like that they're dealing with it together. Uh, this could have mm-hmm. been very easily Sam struggles with his inner demons for all all season uh, without right. telling Dean about it, but immediately that that gets broken in something that you know is kind of new to supernatural uh I, I like the leviathans as a as a villain as i've said a couple of times so i'm i'm kind of into season seven so far and I'm, I'm into this episode i like it a lot yeah surprisingly so far so good yeah uh i just wished that dean liked his brother <laughs> just maybe look you know we, you know how it is with siblings sometimes you you know you love them you always love them but sometimes you just don't <laughs> like them that much True. dean doesn't really act like he loves them either <laughs> Hey, look, he's done a lot for Sam, okay? He's done a lot for Sam. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's also very debatable, as we'll see in the next episode, whether or not the, <laughs> the, the lot of stuff that he did was, was good or not. So, uh, 
thank you everybody for listening. This is going to be it. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't catch it in the last episode, we've moved the podcast down to one episode per podcast. Uh, we did that for a lot of reasons, but mostly so we could just keep talking about supernatural forever and ever. Amen. When we love it. <laughs> uh, Chris, where are you at on Twitter nowadays? I'm at local bones on Twitter. If you want to see shadow, the Colossus screenshots and bad jokes, there you go. That is the place to go for some truly boss shadow, of the Colossus screenshots. <laughs> Uh, I'm JG Greer on Twitter. You can come chat with me about just about anything. Uh, if you want to talk to the podcast, go to the monsterweek.cool section, go to the monsterweek.cool website and click on any and all of the social media links that you choose. Remember that we have a Patreon. If you want to support the show directly, iTunes reviews are extremely nice and make us feel really good about ourselves. So please do that. If not, we just really appreciate you listening though. Like that. We, we love it. We've had some new listeners sign on. And if you're, uh, you're just now starting to listen to the podcast, give us a shout out. Let us know what you think. Uh, yeah. Chris, any last thoughts? Uh, no, uh, season seven, you know, maybe I'm hating on the CGI. Maybe I'm hating on the, the, the Sam hate, but I do like season seven so far. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving it too. We'll be back next week with episode 62. See you then. Bye. I'm sorry if my voice cracks throughout the entire episode. Yeah, puberty's been really hard on me. Dude, I have no idea. Every time I went to talk to people at work, my voice cracked. And I was like, I'm sorry, I gotta go back to my desk. I'm so sorry. I've got a millhouse in the frame, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. yeah. Not proud of it, but. Millhouse underscore game. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on there. That was really bad and dumb. I don't like that. Well, hey, we're back. Hey, everybody, we're back. This is Jeremy. That's Chris. <laughs> this is how we start the podcast now. <laughs> Welcome to KMOTW Radio 95.2, your source for the hunkiest tunes on in the hunkiest city in the world. Hunkville, Louisiana. Wichita, Kansas. Yeah, or Wichita, Kansas. As, as you may know it, Wichita, Kansas. But in, in our books, it's actually Hunkville, Louisiana. Hunksville, but they're the same place. Hunksville, Louisiana, and Wichita, Kansas are sister cities, or hunk cities, yes. if you will. Uh-huh. And uh, uh-huh. population, uh, me, Chris, and you, listener. Mm-hmm. It's the current mm-hmm. population of both of those towns. Yeah, sister cities, but like more than sister cities. You know what I'm saying? Kmot. That's what they call us. K-M-O-T-W. Ah, yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I am DJG. I am joined as always by my, uh, by my, my co-host, uh, DJ Local Bones. DJ um, Local Bones. DJ LB for my friends. DJ LB. Um, and DJ that's you. JG in the house. That's you. Uh, <laughs> LB, did you hear what Trump said last night? What's, what did, what did old T say, JG? Uh, old... <laughs> Old old TD, as we like to call him around here on the <laughs> DT on, on the on the KMOT radio station ninety five point five. We call him Trump Donald. Your source for the hunkiest tunes in Wichita, Kansas, and Hunksville, Louisiana. Uh, he he said that uh, we're not hunks, and I am extremely oh, mad about that. I don't want to perpetuate the use of, of uh, a flagrant kind of a volatile term like this, JG. But I'm going to go ahead and use it. 
as I feel like it fits the situation. That's fake news. Whoa, we LB. are hunks. LB, I need you to look. We, we run a non-political <laughs> podcast over here on 95.5 KMOT, the source for your hunkiest classic rock in Hunksville, Louisiana. And <laughs> Wichita kids, I can't keep doing this. How do radio DJ hosts like do this without like cracking up the entire time? I feel like they just stare into a void. They're like, hey, welcome to that. Well, that's more of a, I don't know if that's the right vibe, but you get it. You get what I'm saying. I get it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Just need to read this advertisement for the local trailer park for some reason. <laughs> I don't listen to a lot of radio anymore. Do you? Are you are you like a FM radio kind of dude? I have um no. I I used to I guess listen to the radio kind of, but like I have Bluetooth in my car so I can just listen to what I want to listen to. So you don't have to fucking deal with it anymore. <laughs> yeah, and even I like I have that. CDs in my car so like when like the off chance that for some reason I I don't have my my phone hooked up to it it's gonna play like the fucking witcher soundtrack or something because that's i gotta come back around to that real quick and explain that i pretty much only have video game soundtracks in my car because i don't buy regular cds anymore for the last uh two months i'm gonna say uh every time i've gotten into my car uh either the original near soundtrack has started playing or the near automata Mm -hmm. soundtrack has started playing and today as i was taking autumn to the um car rental place to pick up her car rental because her her main her business car is in the in the shop mm-hmm. uh we got in the car and i had my i had my radio turned off for some reason i think i was on the phone or something so i turned it on and i was listening to a podcast before that but i just knew in my heart i knew what would happen and sure enough i turned that i hit the button and immediately the near soundtrack started playing <laughs> and i was like yep yep this itunes knows me and this one small thing itunes knows me i'm glad that they have your back in that regard Oh yeah, totally. Whenever I used to really hate my job before I even like got my promotion and stuff, I my like reason for like, all right, I just gotta stick with this until like I figure out what I want to do, blah blah blah. Because they won't make me cut my hair, <laughs> and that's important. <laughs> I work in a place where I feel like it is a little frowned upon for me to look the way that I do, but nobody says anything, and that's okay. <laughs> Do you mean like? Do you think they actually have like hair standards? Like that feels so. Um, that feels like so. Nineteen ninety five to have something like a, a man's hair cannot be below his ears or something. I guarantee that that's probably a thing. They said something about men not having like shaggy hair or something like that. But I, I don't know. I take care of my hair, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. They didn't say nothing about volume. Just shag, right? Like that's the what they're just shag. About. Yeah, volume is like you. That's up to you. Yeah. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, you know? B-Y-O-V, right, boys? <laughs> yes, yes. I think I may have commented on Sam's hair in this one. I don't know, because well, we, so we're just going to cover the one, which is probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah. But I can also, I, like, I feel bad for record another night. 41 minutes late, but yeah, maybe we can record it's Wednesday fine. night if you want to try to get a little bit more ahead. So. Yeah, like I said, I got literally nothing going on. <laughs> so Nothing? I'm so sorry, dude. Everything okay? You want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, me and Jess just want to see each other on Valentine's Day, so. Same. Autumn's going to be out of town Tuesday and Wednesday night, so. Hey, we'll be each other's uh, podcast Valentine's. We'll be podcast Valentine's. This is going to this is gonna sound so much cuter when we're actually doing it on the on the day, and we yeah. <laughs> are both really sad yeah. because our girls are out of town. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Uh, it's cool. <laughs> we'll need it. I'm really, honestly, I just want to remind you, I'm devastated at how much my voice is going to crack. I'm going to have to, like, talk, I'm going to have to talk like I'm on Supernatural all the time to really control 
that cracking in my voice. That's this okay. is going to get old fast. Sorry. People would just people would just think of that as a uh, throwback to season one. Mm-hmm. With, with all of the young Sam, we're, well, I guess we're not going to be dealing with young Sam this episode. Damn it, Sammy! God, that young Sam episode is is, is really something, Chris. That it's really uh, something. Yeah, Dad. I know people are dying. I just just want to have a normal <sighs> life, Dad. <laughs> just want to have a normal apple pie life, Dad. <sighs> he's hunting a kitsune like huh <laughs> yeah, like, he isn't just, that a fox spirit I, or something dude i don't know man i didn't even look it up i expect i expect my my buddy dj lb to do that dj pound as they mm-hmm. like to call him <laughs> kitsune is a japanese word for fox foxes are a common subject of japanese folklore mm. um i mean i guess i didn't need to look that up i did already know that that was what it was but i don't know what it is in, in terms of like it being a monster yeah they don't i don't know much about foxes but they don't seem to stab people behind the ear and uh drink their brains sure, sure, sure. So. this thing says they they represent trickery illusion greed mistrust unwanted change swindled seduction faith benevolence trust good deed change of heart intelligence um seems like they really took a turn there uh you might you might sort of know the kitsune as a um as like a nine tails uh from pokemon if that rings any bells, it's, it's a fox with nine tails. <laughs> That's what this image looks like anyway. Okay. Okay. Hey, will you, okay. So there, there's a page on the supernatural wiki, of course, of course, but the, but the picture is it, uh, an anime picture. So that's a little confusing. And it's a, okay. Interesting. Is this interesting? Who is that picture of? I don't, you know, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole any further. Yeah, let's do that Wednesday night on Valentine. Let's, hey, let's put that off to Valentine's oh, Day, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do. We'll have to do some weird. No, you know, because it doesn't matter. I was gonna say let's do like a Valentine's Day intro, but it'll be a week after Valentine's Day when it comes out. <laughs> it'll be like two weeks afterwards. Like yeah. th- we should have done one. We should have done a Valentine's Day intro last week, which we didn't. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't think mm-hmm. that far ahead. But I did, you know, I did write more fan fiction, and I already read it. So. Oh, good, good. So we, I don't have to wait for you or anything. So we can we can get right no. into that. I did, I did a triple one. It's not just Ghost Gone, John Gone. It's House Gone, Ghost Gone, John Gone. I love it. I love it. Hey, I updated this the. One's, um, this one's not as good. Just our our episode planning guide. Uh huh. Do you want to know when we're going to? Uh, finish the current number of episodes of supernatural uh 2020 keep going brother 2022 that's okay uh 2022 january 6 2022 would be if there's a season 15 um we'll be on we'll be on episode 19 of that damn uh but Right now, there's only 14 seasons, so August 26th, 2021. We're going to Stockholm Syndrome, everybody, because by, by that time, for that many years, people are still listening. They're, gonna, they're either going to just love us or hate us. I wonder if there's going to be a thing where we're just so excited to get to season 13 that we're going to be like, okay, we're covering all of season 13, and it's a six-hour podcast. Strap in, yeah. everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could be down for that. We'll treat it like a Matthew Matosis video on YouTube. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, should, we just, should we get into it? We can. Yeah, I'm into that. All right. This way, we'll, we'll try to keep it under, uh, under two hours. 
I mean, I don't know, man. This is a huge episode. This, so much stuff happens in this episode. This this couldn't possibly go in any more directions than it does. Hey, real quick though, um, how many coins have you found in Shadow of the Colossus? Uh, I think three. Are you uh, are you gonna go do the thing and try to find all of them? I don't know. It maybe. I I I've thought about. It. I haven't even started looking for them yet. I just have found three randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, my main goal right now is just to get up to the uh, garden because I really like that place. Uh, but that means I have to beat it at least three times or four times. I don't remember. So is it is it definitely beat it three times or is it like beat it once and also collect all of the lizards and all of the fruit and everything else between? Or I don't know. I don't know how much the lizards uh, help compared to killing a colossus and getting that boost. Mm-hmm. I have I've killed like five or six of them, so that's definitely helped. Um, I missed the PS2 glitch. If you remember that, where oh, you could yeah. just get up to that one ledge and then rest. Mm-hmm. So you could actually, there was a way you could do it that you could like just from the start of the game climb right up. I missed that, but now now it has to be legit. Yeah, I don't know. I've uh, I like the idea of exploring the world and getting coins, but mm-hmm. the fact that I know that there's 79 of them, um, it's so many coins, so many coins, and. I don't know, man. Like it, it, it either it's either one of those things where I'm like, I have to go get a guide and I have to do it like square by square, or mm-hmm. I can, I will just don't want to. I don't care about any of it. And, I just feel like I'll miss one in the middle somewhere and then never realize that I missed it, and it'll yep. drive me crazy. Yep, yep. Not, I'm not gonna be happy with that. Yeah. So I'm probably just gonna play the game and see if I can beat them all on hard time attack because I never beat the third one on hard time attack ever. But I haven't ever actually gotten the parachute before. That one's a tough one. Uh, mm-hmm. The one I had the most problem with in hard time attack mode was uh, 15 on the PS3 version. Man, yep, I know what you mean. That fuck that that was like the probably the second hardest one for me. Um, his just, stupid just, fucking axe in his hand. He wouldn't stop shaking. Like I would, yeah. I would, I would, I could get, I could like yeah. legit get up there and do the thing and like do all of the complicated maneuvers to get onto him, and he just would not stop shaking enough. Like I've, I've distinctly remember being up there for minutes at a time and going like, just give me time to hit you. Mm-hmm. I know that there, at least on the older version, was. I didn't know where they all were, but sometimes I would find them. There was a sweet spot on every Colossus where your legs would like go through the fur a little bit more, and you wouldn't move. No matter how much they shook, you just wouldn't move. And I think it was a glitch, but there was one on basically every single one of them. And I always tried to like find that and use it, but it never really worked out that way. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got that just kind of naturally on the probably the first six. But once mm-hmm. we get past the first six, I'm like, eh, I start my my strategies start getting a little bit uh, thin after those. Mm-hmm. I don't even mm-hmm. really remember the order that they go in at that point. Same. I always get the, like the last half. So the first six is yeah, those are the easy ones. Mm-hmm. With six being beard guy, is is seven the underwater one? See, I've already forgotten, and I just and I just yeah. play through these. So I think seven is the underwater one, and then eight is um, the Colosseum one. Like the, the Colosseum bug that one cr- the, crawls the bug. up the wall, and then nine is. Or those two could be reversed. I don't actually know. <laughs> no, no, no. It's definitely the water one is before that one. Uh, okay, okay. And then um, ten is the sandworm, which I really fucking love, and that killed me. Twice is nine the uh, the one with the geysers? Oh wait, yeah, you're right. That's nine is the one with the geysers. Ten is the sandworm one because I always get the because yeah. those two are like in the same direction, and every time I'm going mm-hmm, to the mm-hmm. one with the uh, geysers, I go to that like canyon, like that little. I don't know if you do this too, like, but when you shine your light, like you can either go to the right, which is like the the split between the two canyons. 
or you can like go far to the left and then come back into the right and I always get yeah. those two mixed up. I feel like that's what I always do too. Yeah. Um, I love the sandworm one. That's probably like my, my favorite one in the game. Outside Gee, of that 13, one's a lot of fun. Outside of five. that was the one that I had to look up how to fight it when I first played. Uh, I couldn't. I didn't. I just never thought to shoot it in the eye. I, I couldn't figure it out. But I like it a lot now that I know what to do. And I, I heard somebody yesterday just saying, "Like I'm not looking forward to this one because like I'm really bad at controlling Agro." And in my head, I should have just told them I didn't. Um, there's this person on the internet. I don't really know. I just saw the comment. It's like you don't have to control Agro. You just you just get Agro moving, and you're good. Then you just pull that bow out, and horse will do the rest. Yeah, Agro. Um, the thing that you learn about that horse very early on to me is that you tried not to control that dude mm-hmm. like he, mm-hmm. he he i guess she i guess aggro is a, is a girl i don't know I've i don't seen, know I've seen she, mixed, she ain't got a she's not we don't see anything downstairs she, she's not swinging um she ain't, she ain't packing heat she's not she's not packing any any horse heat uh but aggro like will if you have like a real complicated uh path aggro will pretty much just navigate it on her own like if you try to control control her she she, she it'll it'll end badly for you so like the least amount of control and you can do to aggro, I think the better you, you'll, you'll be. Mm-hmm. I think the most thing that people forget is that if you can hold L1, I'm using the classic control scheme. I don't know what you're using, but Same. you can hold Same. the button to let you like stare at the Colossus. And when you do that and then you have the bow equipped, oh wow, you're already aimed at the Colossus. And so then you just mm-hmm. let go of the L1 and you can adjust from there, which is really easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did like the first three without the um old control scheme and i just kept pressing the wrong buttons like no matter what i did so i was like okay switching back to the other one <laughs> yeah i did it the very first thing also turned off the dormant hints i, I did not like the dormant hints in the, in the original version so i'm very glad that those go away oh yeah i i forgot that they were there until the oh, god who knows what number it is at 13 the one that like knocks over the little pillars and you have to jump from pillar to pillar see i want to say that's 14 13 is the one in the desert the flying one in the desert yeah uh, so okay, I want to say fourteen yeah. is the tiny one with the pillars. Yeah, um, that one I was just sitting on top of one of the pillars, waiting for it to attack me, shooting it with an arrow over and over again. It wasn't doing anything, and then I finally got the dormant hit, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about these." <laughs> <laughs> That's dormant getting mad, desperate. He's like, "Please, wander, please, come on, come on, dude, you got to kill this stuff so I can get let loose, so I can I can poison the land yeah. or or whatever." So. Yeah, I guess we should probably do a podcast on Shadow of the okay. Colossus. Okay. No, oh, I'm, oh, I'm at Monster of the Week. I'm sorry, Supernatural. Right, 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 right. Monster of the Colossus. Monster of the Colossus. Colossus of the Week. Yeah. To Colossus of the Week. It would be the video game of choice. Yes, yes. Do you need notes? You're good? I know uh, I'm good. Well, we'll fucking see, man. <laughs> um, I got like three pages worth, which isn't like the longest, the most notes I've ever taken, but... There's a lot I just stuff. took a lot of notes that are like saying what's happening because it just does so many things. I mean, it was a pretty good episode. But... I really like this episode. Yeah. I, we should probably talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Insisting that he was fine just automatically. But now that it, like, it's been out, he's just like, yeah, this is happening. <laughs> like, it's just, this is just what it is. Um, <clears throat> so... I- <clears throat> I have no idea what's wrong with me tonight. I'm so sorry, man. I'm like, I don't know if I said it already, but or on their actual recording, but it feels like I'm going through puberty. My voice keeps cracking. It's a nightmare. Um, <laughs> we're both having, we're both having bad voice nights. Listeners. We're yeah. sorry. We love you. Don't, don't blame some, us. Yeah. Some smooth tea. I didn't make any tea tonight. That's my problem. I didn't make any damn tea. Yeah. Um, I need to get up on a, some, some tea game pretty soon. 
Dad's Diary, November 9th, 1990. Sawdust, Oklahoma. I was glue gripping the wheel, just really somersaulting it. I had to get back to the kids. I knew Sam and Dean were almost out of Cheerios and definitely out of milk. They'd be eating backpacks soon enough. The wet pipe factory we'd been staying in was set to flood on the full moon. It was a hunter's spot and a hunter's intuition, and I knew if I couldn't save the kids, I'd have to kill them. I hadn't stopped for gas since Arkansas, and I guess I've been getting low about now. I never quite figured out how to tell when the Impala was low on gas. Not by reading the meter, anyway. That was apple pie stuff. I was a hunter, not an apple pie. I used gut instinct and research. I pulled off into a town called Sawdust. I liked that. I had sawdust in all my pockets. It made sense. That's when I caught wind of a case. A haunted house. Go still haunt, I said. The kids could wait. I made my way to the local nursing home. Asked all the old timers about the old times. One puckered grizzler told me about the local legend of a man hanged in town 30 years ago. Say no more, I said. I knew I'd found my ghost. It was nice talking, the old man said. No time to talk, I said. Ghosts still haunt. John gone. I slammed the door to the nursing home and sped off to the haunted house. I was on the case. I parked across the street, heavy breathing. I watched for the owners, but the house was pretty old, so I assumed it was abandoned. Except for ghosts. They loved living in old wood. And that was definitely old wood. As nightfall snuck in, I snuck in. Duffel bag full of <laughs> duffel bag full of snacks. Making sure the ghosts couldn't see me. It was an old hunter trick. Ghosts can't see in the dark, but hunters can. Flashlights. It was hunter stuff. I took a heavy breath. I didn't have time to hunt around. I needed to be juicing the asphalt and spitting the wheels by dawn. I've been in here scoping for bones all night at this rate. The solution side <laughs> the solution sideswiped me like a trunk full of baggage. House gone, ghost gone, I said. I poured salt in all the corners. Salt was hunter stuff. And then torched the place. I smiled. It was a hunter thing. No ghost could survive that blaze. It wasn't until I was halfway out of town that I realized I had never even seen the ghost or confirmed the location of the house. But I was a hunter, and I had my instincts. And my creaky leather musk. House gone, ghost gone, John gone, I said, taking a heavy breath. It was time to find the kids. a lot of silence now because i just got the, the text from you that you had to restart your laptop so i'll wait it's cool i guess i could do another reading from the from a supernatural novel i mean i don't want to be stepping on my own toes here but let's see if i can find anything good <laughs> everything in these books is so fucking stupid all right chapter 11 of uh nevermore supernatural novel Dean wasn't used to being the first one up. He was even less used to it when he got up at noon. But Manfred's door was shut. His snore... I forgot about Manfred! I don't remember Manfred's accents, though. I'll just try to figure it out. His snoring clearly audible, even through the closed door, and a peek into the other guest room showed that Sam was not only out like a light, but drooling on the pillow. 
pausing to get a picture of, of that with his cell phone. He then took a shower, went downstairs, and after throwing a load of their dirty clothes into the washer, plunked himself down onto the couch. Opened up Sam's laptop and found that crazy guy's Poe. Okay, there's there's a lot of things, actions taking place in this sentence. Let's see if I can pull back. Uh, all right. I'm trying to see where the last period was. Okay, pausing to get a picture of that with his cell phone, he then took a shower, went downstairs, and after throwing a load of their, of their dirty laundry into the washer, plunked himself down on the couch, opening up Sam's laptop, and found that crazy guy's Poe website. That's a lot of as a whole a meaty sentence but stringy gross meat that you don't really want to eat among other things arthur gordon pym had archived a whole i had to turn the page i don't know if you could hear the page turn i I didn't just i didn't just fuck up i had to just turn the page archived a whole bunch of post stories on on his site so dean started reading them while drinking some of manfred's killer coffee out of a mug that said ibm italian by marriage jesus christ with the three letters in the red, white, and green of the Italian flag. That coffee was also went a very long way toward reminding Dean as to what he liked about Manfred. So did the soundtrack for his reading, which is the dulcet tones of Rush's self-titled album. Both factors did a great deal to waste the taste of Scotso out of his brain. Man, I don't know what the fuck is going on in this novel. By the time Sam stumbled downstairs wearing only a pair of pants, Dean put on his... <laughs> this is... Where is this going? By the time Sam stumbled downstairs wearing only a pair of pants, Dean was already hot and bothered. Dean put on his best mad scientist voice. It's alive, I tell you, alive. Yeah, yeah, muttered Sam, heading straight into the kitchen. Grinning, Dean looked back at the laptop, taking his third shot at reading this particular paragraph and then finally giving up. That This has been my third shot at trying to read this fucking page. When Sam came into the living room, clutching a mug that had a Dilbert cartoon on it, what's up with these useless details? Dean said, dude, you told me that this Rue Morgue thing was the first detective story, right? Yeah. Why? Sam said as he sat on the easy chair. Because I gotta tell you, this is the worst piece of crap I've ever read in my life. I mean, the other stories weren't bad. Soon as I started reading The Telltale Heart, I remembered it from that stupid class I took back at the crappy Catholic school in Illinois. But this Rue Morgue story? He trailed off. Sam shrugged as he sipped his coffee. What can I tell you, Dean? It was revolutionary at the time. And hey, if it wasn't for that story, we probably wouldn't have CSI today. No loss, Dean said. There's better things on Thursday nights, anyhow. Is that a re- is that a reference to is is it to the TV show Supernatural? Does anybody know? Thank you. I don't think I want to read any more of this. What year was this published? Mm, it's just there's no publication page. They just decided, you know what? It's best if ah okay, here we go. The fuck is out? 2007. Okay. This book was published in 2007. Man, for a guy who was hired to um, write a licensed novel of the supernatural television show uh, during like season three, so like nobody even really cares yet, he sure has a a long dedication page. He dedicates it to a lot of people um, who are clearly important to him. But also Edgar Allan Poe, who lived a hard life, but whose groundbreaking work will live on forever. Thank you. Uh, and just like the Bronx in general, because like, he's that kind of guy. You know what, uh, Keith, R.A., I'm not trying to read your last name. So Keith, you know what, Keith, you wrote this book. I didn't. I haven't read any books. Well, I, I, well, I wrote a fantasy novel when I was 20, 
and um, I mean, I did, it's not published, so you got that up on me. I'm gonna honestly, I'm gonna just say that my my shitty fantasy novel written by twenty year old Chris is probably better than the supernatural novel. No offense, Keith. Well, much offense. I bet you've improved. This was a job for you, and uh, you know what? You, you nailed it. You did the job. They even wrote more. They even asked you to write more. So I think that I think that you did okay. I mean, I'm Jeremy. Hey, buddy. Um, hurry, restart that laptop for me. I'm a uh, I feel like I'm starting to go a little stir crazy here. At this point, it's too late for me to try and restart my audio, though. I have eight minutes of audio for you. <laughs> 